0: You've attended council hearings in person. You've tuned in to our televised proceedings on Channel 13. Now, you have the chance to listen to us on the radio as we demystify the work of the people who do it. This is not a council hearing. This is hearing the council with your host, Josh Gibson. Thank you, deep voiced person with a funky backbeat. Indeed, this is not a council hearing. This is hearing the council you can't have a government without a council so you can't have a government radio station without a council show this is it we're coming to you from the train track enclosed nerve center that's the headquarters of the office of cable tv film music and entertainment it's also the historic headquarters of black entertainment television so it's an honor to be here dearly beloved we're gathered here today to celebrate this thing called the council i'm josh gibson director of communications for the council You may also know me as the Council's voice on social media, at Council of DC. If you don't follow us already, you've missed the boat. Here at the Council, our communications goal is to engage with residents in an informative, conversational, and sometimes even enjoyable way. You know if you follow us on Twitter, we're believers in the Mary Poppins School of Communications. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. We want to make it easy for average residents to understand what the Council does. We're demystifying our work and the people who do it. Remember, the D.C. Council's just like your workplace, except with the dais. On the show, we'll try to keep things light, offbeat, informal, and interesting. You'll learn about policy, learn about people, learn about history, and learn about the institution. Listeners, as you know, we're working our way through recording four rounds of interviews with council members. They're available on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. The previous rounds focused mainly on getting to know the council members' backgrounds, successes, struggles, and the people who shape and surround them. In the fourth round, we're broadening things out, tackling issues that interest the council members and me. And speaking of broadening things out, uh, in our fourth round interview with today's guest, we're really broadening things out. Um, So let me uh, welcome our uh, guest today, at-large council member, Alyssa Silverman.
1: Great to be here, Josh.
0: Well, in an earlier interview, probably about a year ago, Councilmember Silverman had mentioned a glimmer of an idea uh, about uh, doing a show on DC music, and uh, filed that away in my head. Mm-hmm. And now, in this fourth round, when we're broadening things out, uh, brought this up with the council member and said, uh, "Hey, you want to, you want to come back? You know, we we dreamed a dream." Um, and we have a radio station, we have the technology, um, so should we do it? And the council member was in, and I was in, so, uh, so anyway, here we are with a show on the council member's uh, interest and history and love of D.C. music. That's right. So here we are. So um, we uh, had a couple uh, uh, songs that were that you brought to my attention and that we'll focus on. We might broaden beyond that a bit. Um, one song that uh, came up was the song uh, Mount Pleasant
1: <laughs> by yes.
0: Um Why don't we start there? Okay. song so why don't you tell me a bit about the song uh, the genre and uh, why this matters to you
1: this song was played I think at every house party that I went to in Mount Pleasant circa 1998 maybe So I chose this song, Josh. Just It it, uh, evokes a certain time of my life and a certain time of the neighborhood. So it is a song about Mount Pleasant and about Mount Pleasant Street uh, in the 90s, uh, which in some ways is the same, in some ways is different than it is um, now. Um, I don't know a ton about Tuscadero, I will be honest with you. Uh, I think they played, they were a local band, they played in the district, um, sort of part of the punk genre. Um, but it to me, it's just a, a, a certain snapshot of time of life in this city, especially for young people who are coming after college to live in a group house. Uh, and live in Mount Pleasant, which um, is a historically Latino neighborhood. Um, when I lived there, uh, it was post-Mount Pleasant riots, uh, so in the mid to late 90s. Um, and uh, to me, this this song, it just it brings me back to that time of my life.
0: And I don't have a sense with the real estate market the way it is now, are group houses... Do they exist anymore?
1: Well, they exist, but not in Mount Pleasant. I think uh, if you were moving to the district now, you're probably living in a group house in Bloomingdale uh, off North Capitol Street. Um, I can tell you that I have one friend, even back in the 90s, who kept moving to group houses and then the owner would sell. Uh, I know in my case, I lived on Hobart Street um, our owner actually uh, came back to live in the house, um, so they had left the district um, to move out to Fairfax, and then when their kids went to college, they came back to. And I'm I'm told by uh, successive housemates that the owners actually took the house back.
0: Um, and are you aware their use Are are you aware of any other uh, punk fans on the council?
1: Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, I know David Grasso grew up, I guess, between Loudoun County and uh, Petworth. So, But I think if uh, i know he has a Grateful Dead sticker on his old car, so uh, somehow that gives me an association. He might be more of a dead fish kind of guy. Um, I don't know um, if there are any other punk fans. I'm just cycling through— Uh, the, uh, council members, um, uh, you know, I, I think, I I don't know, maybe Tran White's a Bad Brains fan? I have no idea.
0: Yeah, I guess there's, there's a possibility of that. Now, yeah, DC's, uh, punk, uh, history is, is often eclipsed by its Go-Go history. Yes. And, uh, the other song that you had mentioned, um, was the song that brought, um, the, the song that probably made it the furthest in terms of a go-go song breaking out uh, nationally, which was the song by EU from the School Days uh, soundtrack, The Butt. Yes. Hopefully, we aren't losing our FCC license by using that word. I think that's, I I think think it's it's
1: allowable. It was a national Um, hit. uh, Yes, yes, it
0: was. And it Um, was my
1: introduction to GoGo. So, School Days came out, I think, in the late 80s when I was in high school. Um, And I think we talked about in a prior episode, I went to a very unique all girls public high school in Baltimore uh, in which there was a Feeder into a lot of historically black colleges, uh, especially like Felm- uh, Spelman and Morgan State, of course in Baltimore, and some of the North Carolina colleges. But School Days was a really popular movie uh, in uh, my high school, and of course Debut was, you know, it was a big hit. Uh, I think everywhere, but it was a big hit uh, in my um, high school time. Um, So that was, you know, I have to be honest that that was my introduction to Go-Go.
0: not sure if it was the case uh, in Baltimore. I I grew up in Montgomery County, and it was interesting. We were enough in uh, the D.C. area that we got a lot of non-school days, uh, non-go-go locally, so that was the the music that we heard. We didn't realize that was D.C.-only music, and it was only when I left the area that... I, you know, it's kind of like the food you grow up with, you assume everyone eats that food that, and it's you, when you talk to other people, maybe of other ethnicities, you find out that not everyone eats the food you eat in your house. It's kind of the same exactly. thing with, with I, the go music. Chuck Brown
1: was introduced to me when I moved to the district. Um, and introduced in a big way when I worked at City Paper. Um, you know, you, I at least think of that iconic photo that Daryl Montgomery uh, has taken of Chuck Brown that you see on the mural on Georgia Avenue. Um, but one of my funnier stories, I think when I really started to understand how organic GoGo was to the district is, um, I had a birthday party at Club U, uh, which for folks who are native Washingtonians or lived in the district a long time would know that there used to be a music club uh, or a club in the Reeves Center at 14th and U. Um, And the reason why uh, I had my birthday party there is because it was like two of my favorite things. It was um, live music and they used to have a free buffet. Uh, I think, on Friday nights. Uh, so, you know, perfect combination for a birthday party. And I I thought I had photos from that um, night, and I went back and looked, and I couldn't find them. Uh, but um, it, because uh, I was curious if we could figure out which band played that night. I couldn't figure it out. But it, it was a different, you know, certainly a different time in the city. And that, you know, Club U is a very controversial uh, establishment i think it eventually closed in the i think late 2000s if i'm not mistaken
0: yeah that that's a sort of a classic only in dc, DC thing which you have sort of an annex to your city hall that had a go go club yeah, located in in the, the. I think
1: I was loose lips at the time when I yeah. had the party, and I was uh, telling um, my colleagues yesterday in preparation for uh, today's broadcast that it it had all this furniture that reminded me of like the old Pier One Imports. I think it was rattan. Yeah, a lot of
0: rattan. Rattan uh, furniture. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, it sort of had floral themes to the um fabric part and those big chairs um, that you still see in like Caribbean resorts um and it was just yeah I was fascinated by the place uh, as, because as you described, it was um a club in a municipal building
0: yeah. yeah. Now, now, not to get you in trouble if he wasn't, but wouldn't Darrow Montgomery have been invited and wouldn't he have taken pictures?
1: Uh, You know, at that time, Darrow Montgomery had uh, small children, Uh, and I don't know if he did come. Um, I can't quite remember. That's what I was looking for, documented evidence. But it was when I worked for City Paper and there were a bunch of City Paper folks who were there.
0: Gotcha. 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 Um, and uh, I, I was going to say, well, you know, this is this is the politics hour, but of course, is it? it's not. It's, but it's not the, the DC politics Music hour. Yeah, yeah, it's but um, uh, just to bring in because we are talking go go about uh, the don't mute uh, DC movement. Um, what, what are your What are your thoughts on that? I, I don't know if I've heard you uh, interviewed publicly on that. Um, it, it's been interesting to watch go go have this uh, renaissance. Um, Thanks to that that challenge that it's faced.
1: Yes, I, well, I think that it's important um, to preserve and keep uh, al- alive the not only the opportunities to hear go go. I think it was ridiculous uh, what happened at the uh, Metro PCS. Um, I mean, that has been an institution playing go go at the corner of. Georgia and Florida is is an institution here. It's one of the things that makes the district the district. Um, What I'm excited about is actually, I met with some of the uh, activists in Don't Mute DC, and they were critical in helping us get additional funding uh, for UMC. Um, They met with me and said, well, we want to bring our, not just focus on music, but on um, making this a more equitable city on racial equity. Uh, And they were interested in a few uh, public policy issues, equity in schools funding and making sure Ward 7 and 8 schools are getting adequate funding. Uh, They were interested in housing issues and making sure that UMC remains a uh, safe place uh, for residents to receive healthcare. And that was the one that had, to me, had the biggest urgency because of what was going on with the budget. Uh, They held a uh, go-go concert on the grounds of UMC. They lobbied council members and we were able to, uh, they did persuade the chairman in the end. Put in additional funding, I believe, an additional four million dollars uh, for the subsidy. And uh, Councilmember White, Trayon White, had moved an amendment that uh, I think, with their support, that brought an additional three million dollars of subsidy. So that was a significant um, advocacy effort.
0: And and just a reminder, a point I don't think that got made enough during that debate was that it's not enough to to love going by the store at uh, Georgia and Florida and hear the music. You got to go in and buy the CDs. Um, you know, it's like in, if there's an old timey restaurant that you love to walk by and remember the history of. If you don't go in and eat there, it won't keep being there. And it's the same thing with the with the CDs that it's important to support financially support the bands, go to the concerts, buy the CDs. Um, and not just uh, cherish the music as you walk down the street.
1: That would be a great show, Josh, for you to focus on because the music industry is changing in terms of how uh, bands can make money uh, and subsist being musicians um, because a lot of folks don't have CD players anymore, um, and they are... uh, but. that's why live music has become more and more important um, because that's one of the ways you can get exposure for people to find you on YouTube or wherever uh, whatever social media um, you're using I mean uh, you know I think Old Town Road which is a very popular song right now he didn't even have a record contract I think uh, initially he recorded I think on Instagram or YouTube and then got you know and that now it's a wild hit
0: yeah absolutely I'm showing my age oh, thank you for pointing that out
1: I'm sure your daughter knows old Town Road everyone knows old town right. Road no, no, Josh. no, no. no I oh, do road. I do know
0: I do know old town Road I'm saying I'm showing my age by pointing out that suggesting people buy CDs, yeah, which is well, sort of old timey. No,
1: that, I, I, Hey, I still have a CD player I, in my house.
0: I do have the Take Me Out to the GoGo app on my phone, so I'm not quite that bad. Um, Good for you. But uh, but yes, but yes my, my point have is to, you need to you financially need to support Go-Go. the
1: artists. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, GoGo has historically been a very live music genre um you know take me out to the go go it's it's i think certainly enjoyable in many um versions, but certainly seeing it live is like no other way to experience it
0: and arguably that's one of the things that's kept it from exporting uh to the rest of the country is that you need to see it live and the only place you can see it live is d c so it's um you know, it's we kind of like keeping it as our own little. Uh, Although I think a lot secret. of,
1: you know, I'm certainly not an expert, um, but there's, I think, been a lot of sampling of Go Go that's ballad, occurred ballad in um, a lot of recent uh, artists. So you can hear it just, but only in snippets.
0: Only in snippets. It's true. Um, so we, we had a four song list that, that you had given us. So let's move on to the uh, the third song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was quite the interesting, diverse list that you gave us. <laughs> um, so the third song that you had given us was uh, Going Back a, a Time, um, and it's Lead Belly's uh, Bourgeois Blues. Um, so why don't we uh, pause for a second here and uh, listen to uh, a bit of that song, sure. a bit of that song that we can play on the radio. Oh, gold man
2: DC. And anything you want to know about Washington, DC, please talk to me, because I can tell you about it. We rode all around there in the rain. No colored
0: people would let me in because I was with a white man. And that's a police place because they're scared to let in colored people if they're with white people. All right. So uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about the uh, the backstory of that yeah. song?
1: Well, I chose this song um, because I was only introduced to it a few years ago. It's actually the Smithsonian's Year of Music. I don't know if people know that. Um, and they're doing concerts all over the city uh, to celebrate music. But one of the treasures of the Smithsonian is the Folkways recordings. Uh, they have ethnomusicologists, and they've had them for a very long time, uh, who you know record and uh, look at the cultural history of music and in fact that's the story of this song is that one of the most famous uh the who worked for the Smithsonian is a gentleman named Alan Lomax and he was very interested in uh, recording uh, especially southern music, blues music uh, and he brought Lead Belly who is a famous uh, blues musician to Washington. He brought Lead Belly here for the Folkways recordings um, and And uh, I believe Lomax lived uh, across from the Library of Congress with his wife. He's a a white man, and Lead Belly is a black man. But Lead Belly brought his wife with him as well. And uh, Alan Lomax thought they would just stay in his apartment when they visited Washington. And the story is, and it's retold in the song, that uh, Lomax's landlord, uh, landlady, I believe it was a woman, objected, uh, because this was in the 30s. It was the Jim Crow era, and there was segregation in Washington, DC. And the the lyric that really stands out to me is, uh, you know, I, I, I think he says, you know, I'm telling you people, Uh, Don't try to find no house down in Washington, D.C. It's a bourgeois town. And, um, you know, given that race and housing are such big issues uh, in the present— I just thought, oh, wow, this is a really interesting song. I didn't know anything about the story behind it, uh, but apparently, I actually there actually is a really interesting YouTube um, segment a segment on YouTube with some of, with probably who with the person who is the modern Alan Lomax at uh, Smithsonian, who explained that um, I think after they had to leave Lomax's uh, apartment, they went to a hotel um, that uh, has black guests. And that hotel wouldn't let them, wouldn't let the Lomaxes stay. And it was like this whole drama of living in a segregated city. Um, And uh, yeah, I just think it's a really, you know, it's a very poignant song about a very painful part of our city's past, but I think it does speak to our present as well and that we are still struggling with issues and the legacy of racism in housing. Um, and I just think it's just a really, it's a song that really sort of pierces you um, and kind of jolts you awake. Um, and, and also I enjoy blues music, so I thought it would be a good contrast to uh, the go-go and punk music that was selected.
0: And what struck me as a social media guy is for a, a song that, that is, is from a different era, it, it had a bit of a sort of a rage tweet feel yes. to it that you could kind of see the modern version of that, of someone going into a hotel, having a terrible racist experience with an awful person, and then sitting down with their phone and rightfully just letting it out and just being, I am in Washington D.C. and I just had the worst, brutal experience with a terrible person. Um, so there was a. The, it felt very modern in a way. It was just. I, I sadly. Mm, that's an interesting
1: take. Um, it
0: it it um it felt like so many of these videos that you see where these terrible people are. Uh,
1: well, let their belly was after. clearly angry because he said, you know, this is the land of the free and the home of the brave. Um, yet a uh, American citizen like myself can't find a place to stay in Washington, D.C. or can't be allowed to uh, stay where I want to stay. And I can't stay with my friend uh, who's brought who's my host here. Um, so I agree with you. I mean, it is. I think I really. Um, you know, painful song about a, a horrible time in our country. Uh, but it's, you know, I think what I, uh, why I chose it is because it's, it's about issues we're still wrestling with. We're still wrestling very much with racism, uh, with housing policy, with segregation in our neighborhoods. Um, so even though it is a vignette about a specific uh, time, uh, in a specific episode um it you know it has many themes that still ring true today
0: yeah absolutely the the like the example i was thinking of was like the youtube video i'm an african american man sitting in a hotel lobby and i can't do that and where is our country if that happens i'm a african american girl trying to sell lemonade on a street corner and the police get called where is our country mm-hmm. and and his song from you know, almost a century ago, it has that same feeling that what what is happening? I'm trying to stay at my friend's house and I'm being thrown out on the street in the capital of our nation.
1: I mean, in the shadow what, what of the this? capital, because as I understand it, um, Lomax lived right near the Library of Congress. So you're in the shadow of the capital... Um, You know, this is the land of the free and home of the brave, yet I can't stay uh, in uh, my friend's uh, apartment. Yeah. Because I'm a black man.
0: Yeah. It just feels very modern, and sadly.
1: it's a great song and I would just encourage um, there are other recordings of it as well I I think Lead Bellies I have to I went through a bunch of recordings Uh, Lead Bellies is the best Uh, but Pete Seeger also recorded uh, Bourgeois Blues um and uh, I think it, uh, there's a great uh, Smithsonian Folkways recording of it that was released in 2015. I, I would encourage uh, folks to get out there. there. I actually went to one of the Smithsonian Year of Music um, performances. They have a lot of free performances. Uh, one of them was actually at Pearl Street Warehouse. Uh, in the New Wharf area, which I think is a, uh, one of, become one of my favorite uh, places to see live music because it's a smaller uh, club and you can really hear the artists and see the artists. Um, so I would encourage folks to look at the Smithsonian's website. They're also doing um, they actually did a program on punk music. I think the DC Library Punk Archives is doing a lot of work with them. Um, so I, I think if you just Google Smithsonian, Year of Music, you'll find their website. Uh, It's a great, um, it's a a great resource uh, for district residents and great thing for us to take advantage of this year.
0: Okay, so uh, for our uh, next artist conversation, we have something that we've never had in the history of hearing the council. We're up to, I think, 35 or 40 of these interviews that we've done. We've never had a uh, third interviewee in the studio and i'm often
1: an out-of-the-box thinker indeed
0: Josh. indeed that that's 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 what we hear in the uh, we read in the newspapers but we are very lucky uh, and blessed to be joined in the studio uh, by Shirley settles one of the dc based musical artists that uh, councilmember silverman wanted to uh, talk about today so uh, councilmember silverman i will throw to you because you're kind of co-host in this uh, in this role, in this configuration. Talk to me about how you came to know about Sherlita, uh, um, her bio, and uh, your, your uh, kind of joint story about how you guys know each other. And I, I hear there's a bit of a funny anecdote uh, in the in the works.
1: This is a great council member trying to be an anonymous person as council member's story, Josh. Uh, so occasionally I travel beyond the district borders, uh, especially if it involves local music.
0: You do lose your superpowers.
1: However, if you <laughs> I, go I, the I well, but apparently not my recognition power. So right. the night, in fact, before the budget was released this year, a friend of mine said, "Let's go uh, to JVS, which is." a um, local music place in Falls Church because there's this fantastic singer who I've seen before. She's gonna be there along with a band you really like, Wicked Jezebel, uh, which is an all women's party band uh, that plays at least once a month at JV. So I said, well, it's the budget and I really should get my sleep, but okay, I'll go. And we're sitting at the bar and, and my friend was right. There's a fantastic lead singer uh, who's guest guest singing with uh, Wicked Jezebel, Sherlita Settles. And Sherlita is uh, singing, and at one point she does a roll call about who's in the audience. And so she's saying, well, Josh is here, and Ashley's here. And then... She says, Silverman's here. And my friend looks at me and says, did you just hear Silverman's here? And I said, I think so. And then we looked at Sherlita and she gave me a wink and then just went on with the rest of the performance. And then at intermission, uh, I went up to her. She came up to me. And she said, I hope that was okay. And mm-hmm. I said, I'm astounded. You know who I am. She said, are you kidding? I'm a Ward 4 resident. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a wonderful conversation. She had some other district residents, I think, who were high school friends, friends. of hers mm-hmm. from McKinley.
2: Yes. Is that Emma correct? Uh,
1: and I, I have to tell you, Josh, it was just a reminder of a few things. Number one, we have some really talented people who work for district government, because I left out that Shirley is not only a ward for a resident, but she works for our Department of Parks and Recreation, I believe as our cultural ambassador. Um, so, it, you know, here's an, an outstandingly talented, uh, woman who, you know, has this other life, uh, working, uh, for DPR. You know, I knew, know her as this fantastic singer. Um, and it also was a funny reminder of being a, a, a public official, uh, and that you are visible even when you think you're not visible. Um, but it, I, uh, invited Charlita to come, um, because it is one of, Uh, That story and and that evening has become one of my favorite Washington, D.C. music moments. And I thought that um, we could ask Charlita perhaps to give a sample of uh, her talent today and also introduce herself uh, to residents who might want to check her out at some of our local clubs.
0: Sure. Trudy, can you give us... I'm apologizing in (laughs) advance. I want to give you a uh, a quick chance to introduce yourself and a quick, quick bite of your music. The format, I'd love to do a longer interview with you and hear much more from you. We're a short show. We're talking about other DC music. So I'm giving you a really abbreviated chunk of time, and I apologize in advance. But if you could give us just a quick little musical bio of yourself and just a quick you know by the music that'd be awesome
2: well I've been singing in the district for over 20 years in fact I was the lead singer on the waterfront before our new waterfront the wharf, um, three nights a week at the Channel Inn um, so I've been singing for a lot of the political events a lot of fundraisers for churches some um, schools um, I, it's just it's just an art that I love. And I didn't do it until I was out of high school. <laughs> I was a little, a little too shy. But um, yeah, it's it's art form that I'm, you know, I have to do it. It won't let
0: me not. And how would you describe the, your genre? Are gen- your cross genres? I,
2: yeah, cross genres. I'm jazz, blues, um, R&B, soul. I've done country. Yeah, I did something for President Bush and we had to do Country, because you know he's from Texas, and so we we did a lot of uh, a lot of genres,
0: Excellent. from
2: Gaga to Sinatra.
0: Gaga, nice. <laughs> a I, wide I, range I, I like I like the sound of that.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, now, if folks want to hear about uh, any gigs you have upcoming, uh, do you uh, uh, do you have any upcoming gigs you want to tell us about, or you just want to tell people how to find out about upcoming?
2: Yeah, gigs? I think if it, you know, because I'm doing some coming up, but um, you can go to shalitasettlesings.com okay. right. go to media and coming soon, and it has a list of uh, my upcoming engagements. All quite right. a few coming up this summer. Mm-hmm.
0: That sounds That sounds. Great. I do
2: a lot of private events but there, there are quite a few of the public ones that are coming up in August. I'll be down at the Reagan building and, and um I know there's some other ones coming. Oh, by. Judge, you have
1: to hear Shirley's voice, though. <laughs> I know it's unfair because there's no accompanying uh, instruments, but she just has a fantastic voice. Yeah.
0: Right, and, and this is like, I mean, people talk about American Idol or whatever, but this is your big break. I mean, when you are on a <laughs> D.C. radio public That's affairs right. show and you get a chance to sing for 30 seconds, I mean, boom. Your career is exploding from here, so... Better make it good with these thirty seconds.
2: Ooh-wee. Pressure, 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 pressure. Okay. You can reach me by railway. You can reach me by travelway. You can reach me on an airplane. You can reach me with your mind. Okay, ladies okay? and gentlemen,
0: that's the best thirty <laughs> seconds of this show you're ever gonna hear. You could just stop tuning in from here on out. That was awesome. Thank you so, so much for thank joining you. us, and thank you very much to Councilmember Silverman for uh, breaking us out of our format and, uh, and bringing a guest into the studio.
1: My pleasure, and uh, I'll be following Sherlita this summer, so see me at the various venues that will host her fantastic voice.
0: Thanks. Thanks to both of you. <laughs> so fun you.
2: Appreciate it. Thank you.